You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that Well, boy, oh boy, has uh, a couple things transpired <laughs> over the last few hours, day, whatever. We start off, finally, with comments from the Green Bay Packers, obviously we heard all the rumors from the media, and then Rodgers comes out and we think, oh, looks like the media was lying about everything and Rodgers didn't do anything wrong, and darn it all, got us again. However, we haven't really heard from the teams at all, right? Because it was apparently from the Packers and the Jets saying nobody's heard from Aaron Rodgers. So I was just curious, I was interested to hear what they were going to say because... Apparently, they were the ones pumping out information about not hearing anything from Rodgers. Why was that happening when, in fact, he had told you back on Friday? So I was just very interested. And then Gutekunst comes out and um, says a lot of things that, um, although were said in a way that made it seem like he was trying to be diplomatic, really gave the impression that he was trying to counterpunch. And I have to assume it felt real good for him. Because for a very... And, and Rodgers goes through this too. He, he'll sit for weeks hearing what people are saying about him. And then he gets his opportunity to swing back. Well, Rodgers took a big giant swing at the Green Bay Packers. And it's just been sitting out there. Specifically at the face of Brian Gutekunst. And it's just been sitting and sitting and sitting and sitting and sitting. Oh, the Packers treat everybody like crap. Packers are a terrible organization. Oh, the old guys, Ted Thompson, all they were great. This new GM, he's a loser. And Gutekunst has just got to sit there and take it. Until... He doesn't have to take it. Then we get another report, and these things happen from time to time, and you never really know how true they are, but you do your best to try to parse through it. And the report essentially further added on to a bunch of other reports about Aaron Rodgers and about him being sort of self-centered, egotistical, and not really caring about anybody else but himself. Then Matt LaFleur. For me today, for you yesterday. Matt LaFleur comes out, and it's his turn to speak to the media. And I started thinking about it, and I said, what do you do if you're Matt LaFleur? What do you do if this is true, and you're Matt LaFleur, and you know that this question is coming? And my first thought was, well, I mean, if it's not true, I'm going to say that's not true. 
I'm not talking about what Gutekunst said. I'm talking about this other report from some rando person with like 40 followers or something. I don't know. Probably has a bunch of followers. But you absolutely would take that opportunity. And look, if they want to get in between you, you know, the, the battle between Gutekunst and like, well, did, did he actually talk to Brian Gutekunst? Like, I don't know. I, uh, that's between Brian and, and Rogers. I, I have no idea. But you still give yourself the opportunity to speak on this issue because obviously all Matt LaFleur wants is to speak positively, but he's not going to lie. That's the hiccup. He's not going to come out and say that never happened if it did happen. So if it didn't happen, you would more than willingly say, in fact, you would be, I would be borderline tempted to start the press conference by saying, by the way, I heard somebody yesterday claiming that I used to schedule meetings or we, we would have weekly meetings and Rogers just wouldn't show up and would leave me high and dry. That's nonsense. Because newsflash, it's not beneficial for the Green Bay Packers who are trying to new, do a negotiation with the Jets to have a bunch of reports come out saying this guy is kind of a big giant tool bag and he treats everybody like garbage. But beyond that, you, you just want things to generally be positive. Matt LaFleur just wants to say nice stuff about Aaron Rodgers. That's all he wants. So he would absolutely take that opportunity. But I started thinking, what if it's true? What do you do? And I said, well, then in that case, you have to deflect. But then there was an additional problem that came up for me. If they start asking questions about, you know, you know, how are you feeling about this, Roger? And he's answering all the questions. He's giving all the right answers. And then when that specific question comes up, what do you say? Oh, I'm not going to get into that. Well, if you just deflect on that one question, it's very obvious what you're saying. And so I came to the conclusion that the best thing that I would do if I was Matt LaFleur is to just right off the top say, listen, guys, I'm not getting into it. Because that way it's just one giant deflect that makes it just kind of seem like I don't really want to talk about it, but it protects you from that situation because, listen, if you don't do that and that story's true, we're going to find out real soon because you're going to be asked and you're going to have to deflect on just that question. The only, other, the only two other options you have are tell the truth, which they're never going to do. Oh yeah, he used to ghost me in meetings. He's a total douche. Or number two, lie and say, no, 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 that didn't happen when it did. And he's not going to do that. So as far as I'm concerned, and listen, it's entirely possible that he would have done this no matter what. But again, I don't think so. And the fact that I basically called it from before this even happened and thought to myself, if that story is true, your only way out of this is to start the press conference by a, one, by a giant sweeping deflection that says, basically, I like Rodgers. He's a good dude. He's done a lot of great stuff. I'm not getting into the garbage. But let's back up for a second. For those of you that are uh, not in tune with what exactly is going on, let's get everybody caught up because that's a big overview. We had Gutekunst, we had an allegation, and then we had Matt LaFleur. So we're going to start in the middle. This is um, Zach Gelb. Uh, let's see, who is Zach Gelb? Uh, host of Zach Gelb Show, that makes sense, on national CBS Sports Radio, Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Host of Ion Football, NFL Sundays, 12 to 8 p.m. Heisman Voter. Oh, well, there you know. That's, that's how you know they're great. But anyways, here is what he had to say. It's spilling the tea season. That's what it is when it comes to the divorce of Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. You have, obviously, Rodgers going on McAfee. And Rodgers basically saying, I wasn't coming back either way when A.J. Hawk asked him that question. And then Brian Gutekunst basically says, I tried to reach out to Rodgers. He never returned our phone calls this offseason. So eventually I had to operate what was in the best interest. Of you know, I've been saying for a while, I don't know what people are talking about with this Twitter thing not working right. 
But this is one of the things that's been driving me nuts lately is when you try to play like a video on here on your bookmarks or something, it just refreshes and it just messes everything up. Can you just stop and let me play the freaking video? I'm busy. Let's try that again. This all season. So eventually I had to operate what was in the best interest of the football team. Now, what is compelling to me is we've heard from Rodgers. We have heard from Brian Gutekunst. And tomorrow, the NFC coaches are scheduled to speak. And I'm just wondering what tea Matt LaFleur is going to spill tomorrow. Because I've been told, and I do think there's a lot that's going to come out about Rodgers' relationship with the Packers. But I was told for the last few years that Rodgers and LaFleur would have game plan meetings, obviously common practice, to give Rodgers more say. And there would be multiple times where Rodgers would show up, and then there would be a lot of other times where Rodgers would just leave Matt LaFleur hanging in the meeting room, and then Matt LaFleur would eventually realize, oh, he's not showing up. And he would keep LaFleur guessing. So this was very ugly. We know this divorce. And there's a lot of information that we don't know. And I could guarantee you one of the Packers local beat writers at some point this offseason will have some story that will come out that will detail it all. But really, that relationship between Rodgers and LaFleur, where you have meetings, where they're giving you more say, and sometimes you show up, and other times, yeah, I'm just going to leave him there. Keep him guessing. That's just not a good look for Aaron Rodgers. So, Hickey, I, I think it's clear. We all knew this was ugly. But now, since the divorce papers are written up, and they're just waiting for the final signatures, a.k.a. the Jets and Packers, to figure out what the compensation is, you know everyone's going to eventually start running their mouse. And so that's that's basically it. So the point is, this is just one, and like he said, there's going to be a lot of this. But this is just one of the stories that came out. Um, and essentially it is, Matt LaFleur set up special meetings. He said it was common, but he also talked about how it was about giving him specifically more control over the offense. So I think the quarterback meetings are common, not necessarily that structure. But either way, he sets up these meetings just for Aaron Rodgers, and he doesn't have the freaking decency to like send a text message or something. And just be like, hey, man, I'm not going to make it. Or, better yet, just freaking show up. What else do you have going on? Nothing. This is your only job. You don't have a side job. You don't have something else going on in your schedule. You don't even live here. This isn't even your home. What do you have going on? You're only here for football. And I can't imagine from Matt LaFleur's standpoint, who, again, these coaches putting in 12, 16, 18-hour days, sets, a time, sets apart time just so that the quarterback can tell you why you're wrong. And then you got to go sit there and look like an idiot. You're not getting any text messages. You're not getting any calls, nothing. And then five minutes goes by, 10 minutes goes by, and you just pack up your stuff and walk out. Which, by the way, could just be, assuming it's true, which I don't know, it could just be complete arrogance and lack of care of other human beings at a baseline. But it could also be deliberate in the, term, in the form of sort of like a power move. You make the head coach show up and then you don't even bother to show up or tell him you're not showing up and let him walk out with his head with his tail between his legs looking like an idiot. That's a power move. It's a douchebag power move, but it's a power move. But again, this is the claim that was made and and again, that was my that was my thought. And he, here's the other thing. I I'll be a little bit interested to hear what Rogers says because I think even if it's true, it's possible for him to say 
that didn't happen. It's possible because I don't think Matt LaFleur is going to come out and, and he's not confrontational like that. Maybe 20 years down the line he writes a tell-all book or something, but I doubt it. So he might be able to get away with it. Although other people that know Matt LaFleur, other people in the building, will probably start leaking out like, no, he's full of it. That used to happen. What seems to have happened a lot in the past when these things come out and they're not true, Roger says it right away. When they are true, he doesn't talk about it. There's a lot of stuff that comes out that I don't remember him ever addressing. The names that he'd called Mike McCarthy, the names that he called Brian Gutekunst, some of the other stuff that was going on. I mean, he's real quick to come out and say that's like we just heard with the the list of demands. He was so quick to come out, even if they're, you know, even if he's being a little deceptive about it, which maybe he's not, I don't know. But either way, if he feels like he needs to set the record straight or at least kind of correct things, even if it's not entirely false, it's a little bit off track, he's going to come out and do it. But then there's some other stuff he just doesn't really talk about it. So I don't know. That, that'll, that'll be interesting in and of itself because I don't think Pat McAfee's going to want to set him up on some kind of a trap. Be like, hey, I heard that you did this, unless he's very confident that that didn't happen. But again, and maybe I'm wrong, but, but again, my whole thought process was, if this story's true, and if, if let's just say there's multiple stories that have come out, this could be about Gutekunst and the phone calls and all that stuff, if these things come out and they're true, I think Matt LaFleur, his first thing that he's going to say, because you know the first question is going to be about Rodgers, first thing he's going to say is just get out in front of this thing and say, listen, I'm not talking about it. Here's how the press conference started. Have you had any more success getting a hold of Heron than your DM this yeah. offseason? Listen, I'm just going to throw it out there right away. Um, first of all, I've got nothing but love and appreciation for, for what Aaron has done for so many in our organization. Obviously, have experienced a lot of great times together, um, won a lot of football games together, ultimately did bring home a Super Bowl, which, was, which will always be disappointing, but he's done so much for myself, my family, our coaches' families, so many people within the organization, other players, a lot of people have been rewarded quite frankly because of his ability to go out there and play and play at such a high level so um, you know I, I'm just going to kind of leave it at that so again that's just a deflection they, they offered him an opportunity to clear the air and absolve Aaron Rodgers of these claims that are being made and he basically said he doesn't want to talk about it he said, look, guys, I love Rodgers, and he's done a lot for this franchise and for his organization and for everybody in this building, and I'm going to leave it at that. I don't want to talk about it anymore. So in my opinion, like I said, I already told myself, if he answers it and he says it didn't happen, then I believe it didn't happen because I don't think he'll lie. If it did happen, I think he'll deflect, and I think he'll do it right away. That's what happened, so you know where I fall in this situation. Yeah, I'm not going to get into any of that stuff. I, I know it's disappointing for, for all you guys, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. And at the same time, we're excited about Jordan and what he's been able to, how, how he's been able to progress as, as a quarterback, um, how he's matured as a man. Um, and, you know, it's going to be a, a different role for him, certainly. And I think we all have to kind of temper our expectations with him 
you know, for him. So let, let me just pause there because he's kind of getting into a second part. So just, again, to kind of reiterate, he was asked another question about Rodgers, and it's kind of, it was a pretty slick question because it's not, like, necessarily about anything bad that happened. It's not about any drama. It's not about, like, he did not answering his phone calls. But it is something that could be telling if he answered it. And the question was, because you maybe couldn't hear it, um, when did you realize the team was moving on? And and part of the reason that's a really good question is because, again, there's still some question about the, the firmness of this thing and how much it's going to get done, even though it seems like everything's fine and the, the team's all... But you never know. Maybe he would answer the question, look, Aaron Rodgers is still our quarterback. A trade isn't done yet. But instead, again, he deflects. He says, I don't want to talk about it. The, the part of the reason that's, that, that's interesting is that he doesn't really want to talk about I don't think he wants to talk about that side of it either. When did the team realize? Because what do you think the answer is? I think there's, there's some people, and, and my, I would have been probably included in this up until maybe a few months ago, that thought Matt LaFleur, and I think I might even said it on the podcast, Matt LaFleur, I think, is, is still all in on Rodgers and Gutekunst is all out. I always thought Matt was just a massive Aaron Rodgers guy and always wanted him to be there and was desperate to, to have him and all that stuff. I just, now at this point, I think that's just more of his personality. He says those things out loud to the media. That's my guy. I want him here no matter what and all that. I don't think that was the case behind closed doors. And based on some of the things that we've been hearing, that I've been hearing, et cetera, et cetera, it sounds like it's not just Goot that was out. It was the entire organization, including Matt LaFleur, going back as far as last year. We'll get into it in a little bit, but Gutekunst made some kind of a comment referencing that, sort of. We've heard from um, Bob McGinn that Pretty much everybody in the organization is sick of his garbage and is ready to move on. You would assume that Matt LaFleur would be included in that. I can't remember if he explicitly named LaFleur. I would doubt it. But then something else that I had heard sort of casually through the grapevine is that Matt LaFleur was asked explicitly by Brian Gutekunst if he wanted to move on, and Matt said yes. And part of the reason that Aaron Rodgers is upset as he is is because he caught wind of that. And that one cut kind of deep, that the head coach would rather have Jordan Love than you. But the other thing I found interesting about this was this kind of mimics Brian Gutekunst, not this last time, but the time before, when there was this sort of dichotomy between Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. You know, if you remember a couple years ago, whenever these things were brought up, um, you know, Gutekunst would be asked a question about Jordan Love, and he's like, you know, he's a young guy, he's got a long ways to go, he's got to figure some stuff out, but let me tell you about Aaron Rodgers. This guy is just, he's our guy, he's what we're excited about, he's our future, blah, 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 blah. Then it became the opposite in sort of that postseason presser for Brian Gutekunst, and it was, yeah, you know, we'll see how it goes with Rodgers. You know, we got to sort some stuff out. But let me tell you about Jordan, man. This guy is bop, 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 Did the same thing here. Now, again, it's a little bit different because he kind of put it out on the outside. I'm not talking about Rodgers kind of doing the whole la, 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 fingers in the ears thing. You can't see me doing that, but you get the idea. Whenever anything Rodgers comes up, but again, it's still kind of something similar. Like, yeah, you know, Rodgers and all that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see how that goes. But let me tell you about Jordan, man. He's our future. and odd. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's explicitly, he didn't say those words, but he's, he's saying that. Like, we're excited about Jordan. He's, he's got this. He's got that. He does say we got to temper our expectations, which is sort of the second part why I paused it. But those are the two big takeaways for me um, from that little snippet. Um, it's just it's different when you're going into a game versus when you're starting a game and um, it's going to be a process but it's going to be uh, you know it's going to be exciting for him for us and um, you know I don't think any quarterback can truly do it on their own in this league so it's going to be everybody rallying around him and um, 
trying to play at their best of their ability so that he can go out there and perform as good as he possibly can. Matt, what is so, I mean, there's nothing really um, incorrect about that. I mean, I know they talked about that with Christian Watson last year, too. Um, I, I think a lot of people, I mean, it's mostly people goofing around, I think, as far as saying, no, I'm going to have my expectations high. But obviously, you don't set expectations sky high. I did see somebody on Twitter saying, you're moving away from a four-time MVP. You better have high expectations. And I, I was going to comment that it Matt Leinert could be our starting quarterback and I would still want to move on from Aaron Rodgers. This is not has nothing to do with that. These are two separate points. Number one, it's time to move on from Aaron Rodgers. Number two, Jordan Love is our quarterback. We'll see how good he is. We don't know. But those are two separate things. It's not he's so good we're going to actually push Rodgers out, who is this elite quarterback or whatever kind of nonsense thing. That has nothing to do with any of this. And again, we, we kind of went through this with, you know, Rodgers talked about this with, with Watson and stuff whenever, after a while, they started asking him. Because Rodgers at first was like pumping these guys up and how good they are and everything. But um, after a while, it kind of became like, let's just pump the brakes a little bit because it's not fair to kind of get these guys hyped up or whatever. Um, I think Matt LaFleur doesn't do this later with somebody else, but seems to be a common uh, a common theme. And then, you know, again, the, the part about, you know, everybody else has to do their job too. That's That's true. Obviously, the coaches have to coach, and play callers have to play call, and receivers have to receive, and blockers have to block. And yeah, the, the easier you can make it on him, the, the more likely it is that he's going to not completely crumble as that new guy who doesn't really have his footing yet. But at the same time, I don't want to get too caught up in that cop-out. You know, I mean, yeah, if, if the offensive line crumbles and guys are dropping passes and the stats look bad or whatever, fine, but the numbers are the numbers. You know what I mean? Like Justin Fields, everyone talks about, well... You know, he doesn't have an offensive line and this and that. Okay, well, if you look at the times when he's not under pressure, how's his accuracy? Is it absolute garbage? Okay. So even looking at apples and apples, he's bad, right? So we'll be able to still kind of see what Jordan Love is doing. Now, that Chiefs game was about as insane of a, of a game as I've ever seen in terms of just zero blocking. It wasn't even necessarily the 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 line's fault because it felt like they were sending eight guys every single time, but that was just kind of absurd. But yes, I, I think generally speaking, and of course some people won't, whether it's because they really just want to have a great team and want Love to be that guy, or because they just want Love to fail, and if he's not a Hall of Famer, then they're just going to declare him a failure and a fraud because, well, because they're stupid. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously the guy has never been a starting quarterback in his entire life. It's pretty rare to have a guy like that just start off and just dominate. You know what I mean? It can happen, but uh, sitting on a bench doesn't prepare you for these things. That's not how that works. Playing prepares you for playing. What was his reaction and, and whatever communications that you had with Jordan just about, hey, it's time? Yeah, I think he just wanted to know what was going on. Um, and, you know, for, for a long period of time, I couldn't even tell him. Because I didn't quite know um, where it was headed, and um, you know, it just—I think there's obviously some clarity to it. But um, <laughs> those gears are turning so hard. He's trying to figure out the right words to say. He's—he's he's, what he's trying to say is that for a long time I wasn't able to tell him, and now I can tell him you're the guy. But he doesn't want to say that, so he's like, now there's, and he kind of cracks a little grin. He's like, I think there's some clarity there. There's there's so much. I mean, you can just see him thinking so hard about every word that's coming out of his mouth, trying to be careful. But again, it's also just so painfully obvious. You know, the, the, oh, I don't want to talk about Rodgers. Well, I wonder why. 
I wonder why you don't want to talk about these out. Is it because they're true? And, you know, it's like, well, I, I, uh, I wasn't able to give him any clarity before, you know, before he was just wanted to know what was going on. And I, there was, he even said there was a time I couldn't tell him. Oh, is there a time now that you can? Oh, so you did tell him that you're moving on from Rodgers. It's interesting because I'm being told that if this deal falls through, we have no choice but to make Rodgers as a starter. Is that not, is that not true? I'm just wondering. Anyway, he's going to skip ahead a little bit, kind of just talking about Robert Sala and that kind of stuff. And he did make some kind of a comment about, you know, hey, look, whoever's here will be, be who I'm coaching. I don't really want to talk about that. But other than that, uh, we'll pick it up here. Matt, I know yesterday Brian was talking about kind of the level-headedness of Jordan. The last three years, what have you kind of learned from him just as far as the man and kind of the guy he is to, to be kind of accelerated in this, this process? Yeah, well, it's, he's come a long way, quite frankly, because um, I know there were some times where early on it's just you're like, you, you don't know, and I, I still think you have to go out there and you got to do it consistently. And it's one thing to do it in practice; it's another thing to take it to the game field and do it. Um, but certainly, have seen uh, just his performance in practice, his mechanics, his his decisions, um, his his timing in the, within the pass game, and I think just his accuracy, which is what we always are grading the quarterback on. I think he's he's come a long way and I think uh, you know it's a credit to a lot of the coaches like Hackett and Getze and then um, certainly Tom Clements has had a huge impact on him and that's one of the reasons why we we brought Tom is because he's got a history of developing quarterbacks and I think that you've seen that uh, I would say we've seen that in practice over this last year that that gives us some confidence in him so quite a bit uh, quite a bit there um, talking about that, there were a couple little moments, and again, it's one of those things where he, it sounds like he's saying something. He didn't go all the way and say it, but he kind of said it. One of the moments was when he said, "You know, there was a time when we weren't really sure about him, essentially, and now." And then he interjected into his own sentence and said, "Obviously, you got to go out and and like do it on the football field." But the bottom line is, what he's saying, if you just continue on that path. There was a time when we weren't sure, now we're sure. But he cut himself off from saying we're sure by saying, look, I mean, obviously you got to see him do it. You got to see that consistency on the football field. But the missing piece in there is we've seen it. And again, I agree with that. They, they do need to see it on the football field. But as far as they're concerned, everything that they need to see, something clicked. And he gets it. And he's the dude. I do not think under any circumstance... This is a situation in which Matt LaFleur and Gutekunst and those guys are watching Jordan Love and going, he looks better. He's still not, like, great, but he looks fine. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see if he can do it. I think it's more like they saw his progress in year three, jaw hit the floor and thought, holy crap. That's what I think. And again, I believe him when they say, you know, we don't know yet, but I think if you just continue that sentence, we don't know yet, but from what we've seen, dude's for real. Kind of hard to hear the question, so just in case you can't, the next question is, how different is the offense going to look with Jordan? How different is your offense going to look with Jordan? And what changes do you need to make to facilitate this new transition for him? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think it's going to be a work of... Again, just, just for clarity. And, and they do this all the time whenever the, the, the media guys are pushing something that isn't true. And maybe I'm just beating this dead horse for no reason, but... I just want to make sure we're very clear on this. 
at no point is Matt coming back and saying, well, I don't know that we are changing the offense for Jordan. This is not for sure a thing yet. Right? And beyond that, he answers the question by saying, I think we're going to do this. So he's talking about what they're going to do, probably what they've already started doing. It's a foregone conclusion. Just like we talked about with the Jets and why the Packers have a bunch of leverage. It's done. It's done. He's gone. They know he's gone, and the Jets are very confident that they're about to get him. But either way, the Packers know it's Jordan's team. Matt LaFleur essentially said without, with, by, you know, before he caught himself from finishing it that he was able to give Jordan Love clarity that he's the guy. He was about to say before he cut himself off that he knows Jordan Love is the guy. Now he's talking about what they have to do in order to get Jordan Love, you know, to, to modify this offense for Jordan Love. Progress, quite frankly, and I think, you know, we're going to have to be very intentional about what we ask him to do, about what we ask our guys to do. Obviously, there's, a, it, there's a, going to be a lot of uh, new pieces, you know, when you lose guys like, Alan Lazard and, and Robert Tunyon, um, for certain. Uh, you know, there's that's just you got to find people to to supplement those roles. And so I think you know our whole offense. You know, we'll, we'll have a little more clarity once we get through the draft and on who's going to be on our roster. And uh, certainly, I think we're a long way from from the start of the season and, and who exactly is going to be out there. The eleven that are going to be out there, but. Um, you know, I just, I, I, it's going to be a good, it's going to be a fun process for all of us. So again, nothing massively insightful there uh, other than to say, you know, we, we, we lost some pieces. We're going to have to do some, some changes and we'll have a better idea of what those changes will look like once we figure out who's even on this, this team, because I have no idea. But again, the question was about how is the offense going to change? And he answered it directly here. We, it's going to change and we'll figure out exactly how it's going to change uh, specifically in regard to what we're gonna what we're going to ask Jordan Love to do once we get a better hold on what guys are going to be on our offense and on our football team. Next question is, what more do you need in the wide receiver room? Well, I think some some veteran leadership would be nice. Um, although I, I think guys like Allen and Randall um, did such a great job last year, kind of taking those guys under their wing and, and showing them the ropes and the expectations and the practice habits that you need to have to go out there and play at a high level. And, um, but, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of, of growth with those two guys, um, certainly, you know, Romeo and, and Christian, and then you got Samori Tori and, and we got a small glimpse at Bo Melton last year. And, um, so, but I, I think, yeah, we're going to have to add some bodies to that room. Certainly, I don't think that. Uh, I want, what do we got? Like five guys on the roster right now. I think Rob's so. Yeah. So obviously, talking about not only is there a massive lack of depth at wide receiver, but we're talking about we basically have three receivers, and they're all second-year guys. Now, you talk about veteran leadership, and obviously, there's a big difference between you know the young guys like we have and then veteran leadership, and then Green Bay Packers veteran leadership. You know, Lazard wasn't only just a veteran. He was a guy that had played for Matt LaFleur and for the Green Bay Packers for several years. So as far as coaching guys up, there's a lot more to it. You bring somebody else in who has less experience than Christian Watson playing for the Green Bay Packers, yeah, there's going to be some level of veteran leadership they're going to be able to provide, but it's only a limited amount. So I, I have a recommendation. Uh, we should bring back Kumaro. <laughs> oh, it's just a joke. 
but kind of. But anyways, it, it is good. I mean, he didn't say, because this is the impression I got when I saw it on Twitter, he didn't say, we're definitely bringing in veterans. He is not the GM, right? This is what he's saying is it's his preference. Now, that does kind of push things in a certain direction because Gutekunst is going to talk to Matt LaFleur, and obviously they see the same things. They can see how, you know, shallow we are at the position. But also, just like as the situation with the Bears, and this is what many Packer fans refuse to acknowledge, because unless we get this home run elite wide receiver, we failed. Even if that person does not exist, you want to give up a couple first-round picks or whatever kind of stupid compensation that they want for a currently injured, hasn't been a top-wide receiver, 31-year-old DeAndre Hopkins, who has a contract we can't even afford anyways? I'm guessing that's what Packer fans would like. Although the problem with appeasing those Packer fans is that when that blows up in our face and it's still not good enough, it's still going to be that Brian Gutekunz failed. So there's no point doing something stupid to appease people that'll never be satisfied with you anyways. So the point is, the question is, who is that person? And this is, this is the thing I'm going to start demanding a lot more of people who want to get into arguments with me. Give me specifics. Don't just tell me nonsense. Gutekunz needs to do Tell me what specifically needs to happen. Because that's the whole problem with this whole entire uh, current free agent group. Wide receivers suck this year. We knew that last year. It's going to be a rough year for wide receivers. The fact that Alan Lazard might be the top dog in free agency, because remember, Hopkins is a, is a trade. Top dog in free agency right now? Should tell you something. There are veterans. There's guys that have been in locker rooms before, if that's what you want. And, and more than likely, considering the little amount of money that we have, Oh no, we got a bunch of money because we, we have like the fifth most. First of all, fifth most doesn't mean anything. This is the part of the season where everybody spent all their money. Everybody's broke right now. Fifth most just means we haven't spent any of our money yet, but we're going to, and we're going to do it in the Aaron Rodgers trade, which is the point at which we lose a bunch of our money. When you add up the $9 million we lose from trading Aaron Rodgers, and then the amount of money we have to spend to compensate our draft class, which may be growing based on what we get from the Jets, and to compensate whatever players potentially will be coming over from the Jets, and then factor in the war chest that you want to have going into the regular season, you do the math. You tell me how we have a bunch of money left over, because I don't see it. It's nice to just say we have the fifth most money, but, you know, do some basic addition subtraction, and suddenly we're out of money. And the idea that, well, you could just shift money around. No, we can't. We have pushed every possible penny into the future that is, that is humanly possible. So I, I'm largely telling you this because the Packers probably are going to do something, and it's not going to be who you want. Partially because you don't even know who you want. You just want to hear a big name come out of the sky. Packers sign Justin Jefferson or something. But the bottom line is it's just there's nobody out there, and we don't have any money. So we're going to spend a little bit amount of money that we have on this little amount of money that this guy's worth, but he's going to come in, he's a veteran, he has some familiarity with the system, blah, 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 whatever. You can figure out who that is. I, it's not worth it to me to look into because it's probably not going to be a big signing. Anyways, I couldn't even hear the uh, question this last time, but here was the answer. It has something to do with comparing Rodgers and Love. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not, uh, I just think it's going to be a progression. I mean, certainly I think we're fooling ourselves if we think he's going to go out there and perform at a level of... To the likes of what Aaron Rodgers. I mean, this guy is a once-in-a-lifetime, a generational talent. Like, so, um, and I don't think it necessarily started that way when he first started. You know, um, but he progressed into that. So, you know, it's 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 like I said, it's going to be a progression, and hopefully, we can surround him with enough people to help him perform at the best of his ability, and then we got to do a great job as a coaching staff. So. The first of all, it's true. Rodgers didn't start off 
super fantastic. And yes, it's true that there is such a thing as a progression. He's going to have to learn to do this, and it's going to take some time. Fortunately, he's got a big head start, kind of sitting for three years or whatever and learning a bunch of stuff that way. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's really just starting to annoy me, this whole... Uh, and I know he's, he's just speaking... Uh, politely about Aaron Rodgers or whatever. And I mean, it is true that you shouldn't expect Jordan Love to be at peak Aaron Rodgers level. But I mean, the very obvious reality is that Aaron Rodgers wasn't peak Aaron Rodgers last year. So to say that we shouldn't expect him to, you know, play as, as amazing as Aaron Rodgers, like what, what version of Aaron Rodgers are we talking about? Because I, I don't have any issue expecting Jordan Love to play up to the level that Aaron Rodgers did last year. Because as far as I'm concerned, PFF was generous when they said that he was like the 10th best. Because there's a lot of other metrics that had him, I think, significantly lower. So yeah, if Jordan Love is, is 16th, 15th, 14th, I mean, yeah, that's not 2011 Rodgers, but it's pretty close to 2022 Rodgers. I mean, I know Matt LaFleur is not going to say that, but I just, I just wish he would say it. Just be like, look, it's going to take some time for Love to, to reach his full potential. Just like it did with Aaron Rodgers. But in terms of are we going to have an upgrade or a downgrade, let's be very honest about the fact that last year we didn't have a super high level of quarterback play. It was decent. Anyways, time's getting away from us. I don't want to go over every single question. Um, kind of a quick summary. How do you prepare him for defenses throwing the kitchen sink at him? And he's like, yeah, you just got to throw as much at him as you can. Mention joint practices as a, a good way to kind of prepare him for playing against other teams and stuff. Then he was asked the all-important question that I've, I've gotten asked 5,000 times and don't exactly know how to answer other than to say I think it makes sense. But the question that Matt LaFleur was asked is, are we going to see a little bit more Matt LaFleur in this offense now? And I'm, I'm only going to play this because I don't want to give you my summary and then have people say that's not what happened. But it's, it's just a clear deflection. He doesn't answer the question. He talks about some th something about how you have to keep changing your offense or whatever. That's not the question, Matt. The question is very simply, was Aaron Rodgers' hand placed very heavily on your throat in this offense, which choked down your true offense, which will now be unleashed because Jordan Love will not have as much power as, Jordan, as Aaron Rodgers did? That was the question, and he's not answering the question. We think we'll see your influence on the offense more since you have a quarterback that probably won't have as much I've been hearing that a lot. No, I don't. Yeah, I, I just I think every year. No, I don't. Yeah, I no. I mean, yeah, but no, I, I you know. There's a different year, and you're constantly trying to evolve and and change. If you do the same stuff that the defense sees year in and year out, they're going to catch up to you. So, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of room for growth within our offense, within our scheme, and and you know, this has been a, a great period of time this whole offseason to study a lot of other trends in the league, other teams that have had a lot of success and uh, probably steal a little bit from some other teams. And, uh, you know, the, you always lean on the guys that uh, that you're familiar with and you got a lot of trust in. And if they're not in the same conference or division, then you can talk some ball with them. But, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be a fun process. And, and we're kind of getting that going right now in terms of what it is that we're going to have, you know, when our guys come back in, in, you know, a few weeks, what we're going to install. So, again, did not in any way answer the question. I don't know if he thought he answered the question or if he just thought he crushed that deflection or what. It almost seems like that was a because he knew that question was coming. He even said, I've heard that a lot lately. But it's like he's rehearsed that answer, and it, it's not a very 
good answer. I mean, it's a good answer in terms of not answering it if that's your goal. But in terms of answering the question of, are we going to see more of your influence on the offense now that Rodgers is not influencing the offense, he didn't even touch that. And anyways, the, the final nail in the coffin on this point that I've beat to death, which is, are the Packers leaving the door open? Um, other than just in some semantic kind of a way. The question is, how did Jordan react when he found out he would be the head starter of the Green Bay Packers? Here is the answer. I think he's excited. You know, I think he's excited about the opportunity. I think, you know, going in there last year, particularly against Philly and having some success, uh, gave him some confidence. And that's what Good enough. You get the idea. Anyways, there's some other stuff that we may be able to circle back to, but I, I, I definitely do not want to save Gutekunst until tomorrow because we're already a couple days out. So why don't we take a break here? We'll come back and hit on uh, sort of the broad strokes of what happened with Brian Gutekunst, and then maybe we can go back with a fine-tooth comb a little bit later. So we'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now... Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, so just kicking this thing off, obviously, and... and the good thing here is Gutekunst was not afraid to answer questions about Aaron Rodgers. Um, and I think that's kind of the big difference between Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur is Matt LaFleur does not want to say anything negative about Aaron Rodgers. And Gutekunst definitely does want to say things. And he's like, you know what, I can handle this tactfully. I can do it with uh, some some poise and professionalism. But I'm going to take the questions. And I'm going to freaking answer the questions. And And by the way, it's not just a petty thing. I think it's important. You are representing the Green Bay Packers organization, which is being slandered by one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history. You have a reputation to protect. You have a team's reputation to protect. You have a CEO's reputation to protect. Like, there's a lot of people whose name is being slandered by Aaron Rodgers. It's not just you. It's Russ Ball. It's these people under you. It's the people over you. It's the coaches. There's a lot of people who are being slandered. And in my opinion, it's your obligation to at least in some way set the record straight and clear the names of yourself and these people. However, do I think he relished this opportunity and has been waiting for a very long time to hit back? Yes, I do. But the the first question essentially is, you know, you guys did a lot to repair the relationship 
And then Rogers went on McAfee and said that you went behind his back. And so how's that going <laughs> is more or less the question. Yeah, I didn't really take his comments like that. And it's certainly not true. I mean, I think, you know, as we got out of the offseason or after the season and we, we had a good conversation um, and then you know, we're, we're going to have some follow up conversations. And our inability to reach him or for him to respond in any way, I think at that point, then we just kind of had to, we had to, I had to do my job and kind of reach out and understanding that a trade could be possible uh, and see who was interested that that shopping was never really part of that. Now, and I'm, this, this audio is so horrible with the Packers. So I will crank that up as loud as I can and hopefully it sounds okay. But let me start with this. I don't understand exactly what he means by saying they didn't shop him because if I were to, sort of boil this down, at least the the last part of this, it's couldn't get a hold of him, so we started chopping him around, but no, we never shopped him. <laughs> I don't know, but but starting from the beginning, and, and again, this fireworks from right out of the gate. Essentially, and again, very very tactfully, it, without just pointing fingers and saying, no, that lion SOB was like, oh, sure, let me, let me give you the uh, chronology of the situation here, and you know, no big deal, nobody's at fault, obviously, we're all best friends and all that, it's all great and wonderful. But, you know, we had our initial meetings and I was looking very forward to having some follow-up meetings with Aaron Rodgers. And so I called to set those up and then he didn't answer. And then after several weeks of not being able to get a hold of him because he wouldn't answer or return any of my calls, um, then I I realized I had a job to do and an obligation to the organization, to the fans, to make sure that uh, we're doing the right things. And so I had to um, start making some calls and seeing what was going on out there. And maybe that is the distinction like he normally does. It's all about just picking up the phone and seeing what's going on out there. Dude, Gutekunst looks exactly like, uh, what's his name, Corey Haim? No, no, not Haim. Uh, who's the guy that played Rudy? Aston. Sean Aston. I got this thing paused right now, and it's like, dude, that is, that's Rudy, dude. That's for sure Rudy. But anyways, but even just little comments that he made, like um, our, our inability to reach him or for him to respond in any way which, I mean, it's it's an important detail, but also he just kind of slips that in there. Like, didn't text, didn't call, didn't answer his phone, didn't respond to email, killed the bird that we sent somewhat viciously, I understand. And then the next question was, you know, you said last year when you gave him the contract that you intended for him to play for a long time, not just in 2022, but longer than that. At what point did that shift? And, and again, I, I try to answer these questions based on how I think they would answer it, based on where I think their head is at. And again, I'm thinking that they're trying to be much more, you know, with all the coach speak and everything else, like, well, you know, I wouldn't say it necessarily shifted. We've been open to having Aaron Rodgers back this entire time. But as I said, you know, communication broke down at some point and and things began to devolve probably a few weeks ago or something to that effect. I don't expect him to actually answer it and be like, yeah, you know, last year we kind of started to figure that he sucked and, uh, you know, stuff just changed, man. You know, life comes at you fast. Here was his answer. I think so. I think obviously it was a disappointing season, right? So, again, how does it start? Last year was a disappointing season. And you come out of the season, you have a lot of conversations, not only with Aaron, but with uh, the rest of the team, coaches and everybody. And then you go through that process, you kind of get an idea of where you're going to move to, you know, as a team, how you're going to go. So right there, as I've said to other people is one of the most gut-punching parts of this whole thing because Gutekunst now is not allowing the narrative to be that he just wants to move on to his boy right everybody all the fans know that Rodgers would be the better situation everybody in that locker room 
would prefer to have Aaron Rodgers. Every single one of these coaches knows that it's idiotic to move on to Jordan Love. It's just this moron, Brian Gutekunst, that wants to move on. Him and that bumbling idiot, Mark Murphy. He came out directly when asked the question, when did you decide to change? He started with, last year sucked. We'll start with that. Which, obviously, who is he talking about? What does that have to do with anything if Rodgers isn't at least a big part of the reason for last year? So he started with that in terms of why did you pivot away from Aaron Rodgers? Last year was bad. Then he moves on to, I had conversations with the uh, the guys in the locker room, and I had conversations with coaches. And once we had those conversations, we sort of had an idea what direction we wanted to go. He's saying that when you couple these two factors, bad year, and then talking to everybody else, myself, Mark Murphy, the other, you know, Russ Ball, Malafleur, offensive coaches, players, and this isn't to say everybody wanted Rodgers gone, but he took the totality of that information and said, it's clear to me now we need to move on. This is not a beloved person who everybody wishes was going to stay, except for Brian Gutekunst. That's not the reality, unless he's flat out lying, which I'm telling you right now, he is not. Okay, here's the other thing, because a lot of people, well, maybe he's lying and Rodgers isn't. First of all, Brian Gutekunst isn't necessarily saying anything different than Aaron Rodgers. In other words, these are not, in other words, it's not either Rodgers is right or Gutekunst is right. When did Rodgers say that he was talking to Gutekunst all the time? Maybe he did, I don't know. Did he ever say that Gutekunst called me and I answered and we had further meetings? Did he ever talk about having additional meetings with anybody? I don't think he did. He just didn't talk about the fact that Gutekunst was blowing up his phone and he never answered. Which, you know, would be a funny video to put out. Remember when he was doing the Pat McAfee show and somebody kept calling and he kept swiping away? Somebody should do some kind of a thing that that was Brian Gutekunst because that'd be freaking hilarious. So it's more, from what I can tell, like Rogers gave his side of the story and just omitted a lot of details that Brian Gutekunst is backfilling. So you could say, well, Rogers said he talked to the team on Friday and, and Gutekunst said that he never heard from him. Well, we're going to find out about that. According to Gutekunst and what we're about to find out from him, he has, to this date, never heard anything from Aaron Rodgers. And Rodgers, as far as I know, never said, I called Brian Gutekunst and told them. He was just vague enough to convey a general sense of things. Again, kind of going back to the immunized thing. Technically, he's not lying. We just read too much into what he said and made a lot of assumptions. But that's the thing. He's not, they're not even contradicting each other. Brian Gutekunst could be saying everything completely true, and Aaron Rodgers is saying everything more or less completely true. This is just more detail on how this all unfolded. And it makes Rodgers look a lot worse than what Rodgers' version of the events was. Go figure. And here's the other thing. Rodgers has this happen all the time, and a lot of times he will not come back and really correct any of this. Do you really think he's going to go on Pat McAfee and say, that's not true, I talked to Brian Gutekunst numerous times? It's not going to happen. You know why? Because it didn't happen. He's not going to have phone logs of, look, it says I talked to Brian Gutekunst for an hour right there on my phone. He's not going to say that because it didn't happen. This isn't a contradiction. saw somebody put up a poll earlier. I was like, who do you believe, Gutekunst or Rogers? Well, kind of both of them. They're each telling their version in the way that they want that kind of casts them in a more positive light. But I think you can put the two stories next to each other and get a full picture of pretty much how this went down. Forward. I think I was really looking forward to the conversations with Aaron to see how he fit into that. Uh, those never transpired, so it, you know there, there came a time where we kind of had to we had to make some you know decisions. So we went through his representatives to try to kind of talk to him where we were going with our team. And at that point, um, you know they informed us they would like to, to be traded to the Jets. So there it is. So what he said is 
they eventually got a hold of his representatives, plural. So I don't know, his agent or agents or lawyer or whatever. And so while he's trying to get a hold of Rogers, he has his agent run interference and do all the conversations for him. Basically saying, I don't want to talk to him, you talk to him. Kind of like uh, the, when Dwight shunned Andy and Dwight kept telling Jim what to tell Andy. Jim, tell Andy he is being shunned, you know, because maturity and whatnot. But then he says, at that point, the representation told him that they wanted to go in another direction. In other words, Aaron Rodgers never did tell the Packers, which is funny because I'm positive I said on this podcast, it's technically true because I was, I was trying to figure out, I was racking my brain because it didn't make any sense. Why was news being leaked out to the media from these NFL teams that they have not heard from Aaron Rodgers to this day? Why Matt Schneidman, 30 minutes before Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show, had information leaked to him that we have still not heard from Aaron Rodgers to this date. Isn't it odd that it was 30 minutes before he went on? And why would you do that just to have Aaron Rodgers refute you? And so what happened? Rodgers goes on, says that's not true. The teams were made aware on Friday. Well, the reason the team did that is because they wanted to make it very clear that Aaron Rodgers still has not reached out to us. And I'm sure Goot was sitting there watching that going, oh, you sneaky little jerk. You never told me anything. And so again, he's been relishing the opportunity to set the record straight. The reason why... They have been informing the media every time the media calls and is like, hey, have you heard from Rodgers? Hey, and again, the team could have handled it differently and been like, yeah, yeah, we know what's going on. Although Rodgers is the one that wanted to handle it, but no, I have not. You're asking me a direct question. I'm giving you a direct answer. I have not heard from Aaron Rodgers. Do I know what he wants to do? Yes, but I have not heard from Aaron Rodgers at this time. Again, this is just filling in more context. I could not reconcile the two aside from, again, I basically said this on the podcast. It's entirely possible. And I think the way that I had laid it out was that Rodgers was pissed off, told the Jets, and then the Packers found out kind of through the grapevine that, you know, the Jets informed him or something. But technically, it's true that the Packers hadn't heard it. So I was a little bit off, but I still freaking nailed it. They never directly did hear from Aaron Rodgers. They heard through the grapevine, or in this case, through his representation. And that is what it is. Aaron Rodgers is mad, says, I'm not talking to him. And so Goot says, fine, then I guess I haven't heard from you. And now he's, you know, again, he knew as soon as Aaron Rodgers said that, I'm going to bury you. You know I'm going to air out that laundry. I'm not going to hide your secret for you. You're not going to just block my phone number and expect me not to answer the question of why didn't I get this moved along quicker? Why did you do this? Why did you do that? You think I'm not going to mention that you refuse to have conversations with me? That ain't going to happen, dude. Then a follow-up question. Just to be clear, you said that you did try to reach out to Aaron Rodgers, correct? Oh, yeah, many times. Many times, he said. Many times we tried to reach out. Let me, let me just tell you right now, zero chance Brian Gutekunst is just making this up. Zero chance. If you're thinking that right now, you're absolutely out of your mind. Aaron Rodgers didn't even make something up. He fibbed. He didn't lie. He told half-truths and, and whatever, but even he isn't flat-out lying about You can't lie about this stuff. Aaron Rodgers is going to have records on his phone. That dude will call the freaking phone company and be like, I want you to pull these records right now. Plus, there's people in the Green Bay Packers organization that know this isn't true. Mark Murphy's going to know it's not true. Matt LaFleur's going to know it's not true. You can't just lie about this stuff and think that it's going to be okay. He's not lying. And I'm, I'm not going to play it again, but he, he basically reiterated, like, why, why didn't it happen? So I'm not going to speculate. I'm not blaming anybody, which, again, tactful, but just said the obvious. And again, this is what I've always said about Brian Gutekunst. Your obligation is to the Green Bay Packers, not to pamper Aaron Rodgers. If that dude, if you call him, he's not going to answer his phone, done. Done deal. Moving on. Freaking play these little kitty games, dude. 
Then a fantastic question, because again, what is Aaron Rodgers' biggest complaint? He doesn't like how the Packers treat players. He doesn't like the the disrespect, and he really is upset about the lack of of, um, communication, right? So what is the question being posed to Brian Gutekunst? Are you upset at the lack of accessibility of Aaron Rodgers? This offseason, I mean, you'd love to have those conversations, right, about where our team's going and, and how he might fit into that. Um, those run, we were unable to have those, so um, it is what it is. But um, at the same time, I do feel, you know, I mean, Aaron's been a great player for us, and um, you know, he uh, he means a lot to the organization. There's a lot of gratitude there, um, but those conversations would have been nice. Right. <laughs> Again, just he's playing this very well complimenting him as he's saying it right Rogers should be taking notes about how he needs to handle this rather than throwing Gouda under the bus and saying he's a garbage GM just being like look he's a great GM but you know you just kind of wish maybe you would do these da, 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 da. he's over here complimenting him while destroying his major narrative that Aaron Rodgers wants transparency and, and more conversations and these kind of things and then he's saying that you know and not only that what did he say he said he wanted to have conversations to find out about the future of the team and how he fit into that. In other words, I wanted to talk about how you could come back as a Green Bay Packer, but you wouldn't answer my phone calls. And I have an obligation as the GM of this team to move forward without you. This could not be any more perfect, by the way, for Brian Gutekunst. The Packers are screwed. They can't get out of this contract. If Rodgers, we said this all year, if Rodgers said he wanted to come back and play, there's nothing they could really do about it. That, that, that initial meeting, Brian Gutekunst essentially left the door open. If he would have walked in there and said, you know what, I don't need time to think about this, I'm ready to come back. He would be our quarterback this year. I'm, I'm 95% sure of that. I know Bob McGinn would disagree with me, but they have said it numerous times. Even up to today, technically saying, look, if the deal falls through, I mean, who knows? I don't know. I mean, I think they know, but what are they going to do? If they're like, yeah, you know, the door's open, and he's like, well, you know what, let's just do it right now. Let's, let's just agree. They're going to be like, oh, <laughs> I was lying. I thought you were going to retire. That's freaking crazy. You called my bluff, huh? Yeah, no, we're not moving forward with you, bud. I don't think they would do that. This could not have gone any better. The guy retired, and again, I'm still convinced that they pumped out a bunch of that negative stuff while he went into the darkness retreat. Maybe not. I don't know. Doesn't matter. He comes out, gets ticked off, decides he wants to go to the Jets. So not only does the guy not want to be here anymore because you've made him feel unwelcome and all this stuff. So he's like, forget you, I want to quit. So Gutekunst's like, well, that was easy. But let's see if we can squeeze a little bit of compensation out of this. So we're going to start some rumors or whatever. We all hate him and everything. So now he's ticked off. He wants to go over there. Sweet. So now we get compensation for him. Just playing this guy like a freaking fiddle. And now, after playing Aaron Rodgers, to not only not come back, but to agree to go play for another team so that we can get compensation for him, on a contract that we would be completely forced to make, let him play if he decided to, now Gutekunst is able to put himself in a positive light, like he's the victim in this situation, because he is, because Rodgers handled this so poorly. Gutekunst is just floating around on a cloud right now. Not only does he not want to come back, he wants to be traded. There's only one team that, is complete, that, that could not have negotiated this any worse. Every single day the Jets come out with a new comment, that or Rodgers does, or Lazard does, or freaking Woody Johnson comes out and says, there is urgency, we got to hurry up. Like I'm, what, what was the, the quote? I'm not a patient man. We're in the business of winning or something. Like, good Lord, just give us the first round pick, you bunch of idiots. Quit playing around and just give us the pick already. Again, trying to not play every single word out of his mouth for the sake of time. Basically just reiterated everything. And the next question said, I don't really want to talk about the Pat McAfee thing, but you know, we had meeting after the season. We're supposed to have more meetings. Those never transpire. And they said, well, so Rogers never once told you that he wanted to go play for the Jets. And he said, no, that came from his representatives. 
So again, a lot of just the same, him saying the same thing over and over again, but interestingly enough, I'm not even annoyed by it because every time he says it differently, it kind of is like, wait, wait, what? He answered it a second ago, and I'll, I'll play this soon, but prior to this clip, he made some kind of a comment about he had let, he, he thinks essentially he had let his representatives know sort of the direction that the Packers were going. In other words, it sounds like what he's saying is he's been, he was having conversations with the representatives, his agent, let's say, and let them know, look, we're, we're going in a new direction. We're not playing these stupid freaking games. And then it was after that that Rodgers relayed the information to his representative who relayed the information to Gutekunst that they wanted to be let go. But here is sort of, again, the question being asked, even after that last clarification is this, sort of like, can you clarify the timeline, essentially? Yeah, I think it was really, I think it was probably more mutual than anything else. It was our kind of letting his representatives know where we were at as a football team and that we'd like to have conversations and then them kind of letting us know that that wasn't going to work and we'd like to trade them. So, that's, that's so just to be clear on, on how this all pl- panned out, according to Brian Gutekunst, is he told, in other words, the team was transparent, trying, by the way, how can you be pissed off at the team for not being open and transparent with you about what they want when you won't answer your freaking phone? Good Lord. But anyways, the team is trying to be transparent and saying, this is where we're at. Now, whether that's to say we are officially moving on or we're, we're having conversations with teams because we haven't heard from you, but he says, essentially, we, we want to have a conversation with you about this. We want to talk about the direction we're going so that we can kind of get some feedback and know all this kind of stuff. And the response was, nope. There won't be any meetings. We want to be traded. Like, again, if I'm Gutekunst, it's fine. F you, dude. You freaking prima donna. Assuming everything that he's saying is true, that would be my response. And then to hear him go on Pat McAfee after the fact and talk about how these guys don't treat players of his caliber the way that they need to be treated, the way that they deserve to be treated. Oh, you scumbag. Wow. Again, this is where Gutekunst is, like, he's built for this. He's a freaking robot. He doesn't care. I don't think he has emotions. I would have a burner account up in 30 seconds <laughs> with some brand new insider. Breaking news. According to sources, he's a freaking liar, and that never happened. And then again, the question about Aaron Rodgers, or about Jordan, you know, so have you made the decision? He's your starting quarterback. He said, you know, there's still some stuff to work out, but that's the way it's trending, and that's the way we want it to work out, which, again, my, my whole thought about not being mad at Mark Murphy for his comment about, you know, that's the way we would like it to go. Mark uh, Gutekunst essentially said the exact same thing. You know, I mean, we don't know exactly. You know, there's still some T's to cross and I's to dot, lowercase j's to dot, etc. But that's the way it's trending. But then he even added, that's what they want. That's what we're excited about. They're not making any, you know, qualms about it it's it's a very well-known thing we want jordan love to be our quarterback moving forward we are trying very hard to make sure that that is the case that rogers is gone and jordan is our starting quarterback but obviously the deal is not done yet so we'll see how she goes then the all-important question is there any scenario because this is the big the, the big thing lately packers will not do a trade without pick 13 right at least that's being speculated is there any scenario in which you would do a trade that does not involve a first round pick is the question. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, um, it's, it's, uh, that's not a necessity, but at the same time, um, you know, the value of the player is, is he's a premier player, you know, so I think getting premier picks back for that is, or players is, uh, is important. Yeah. So 
in my opinion, and again, people say things and sometimes the words come out, you know, if you try to hyperanalyze every single syllable, sometimes you're overdoing it because people say things and they kind of don't phrase things the way that as somebody who talks a lot and sometimes his brain gets locked up and words come out weird. Um, you don't want to over uh, analyze every single thing, but we're going to do it anyways. Certainly, they'd be willing to do a trade without pick number one. But he didn't say, in fact, he essentially said the opposite, that they would be willing to do less compensation than a one. He said that that's not a necessity, which just that right there, it's not a necessity. In other words, it doesn't have to be that pick, but obviously the value is what they're after in some form or fashion, because otherwise the answer would just be no, right? Like if you're just shooting for a second and somebody says, do you have to have a first? No, of course not. In fact, I'm annoyed that people keep saying that. That's not the case at all. There's no, there's no leverage point here. If the, if the Jets know you're asking for a second and you're asking for a second and everybody thinks that you're holding this whole thing up because you want a first, you would just say no. But he says, no, it's not a necessity. However, he's a premier player and we want premier compensation, whether that be picks or players. In other words, we're getting the value. If you don't want to give me a first, I mean, I guess you could try to get creative with some players or something. So I'm reading this as, yes, we are insisting on a first. However, there is some flexibility. If you want to throw some players at us that are worth that value or something that will be somewhat flexible, so it doesn't necessarily have to be a first, but there's no question in my mind that the floor, I shouldn't even say that, that that the value is at least a first. He was asked about, you know, maybe future compensation as opposed to this year, and he did say the sooner the better. In other words, again, there's flexibility, but the goal is we want picks for this year. Absolutely. Now, he went on to say that if, you know, we get past the draft and this is not done, obviously, then we're going to have to focus on the future. But the funny thing is, what did he, what, what is one thing I've always said is if, if the, I'm actually going to play this because this is kind of funny. If I'm Gutekunst, here's what I would say. I want pick 13 or whatever it is I want. And I want this deal done before the draft and I want this year's compensation. And let's just say, let's make up a number. Let's say the total compensation is like 2000 on the trade value chart. If you do not do the deal, I will raise the price again and it will go to 2500 based on next year's compensation rates. Here's what Brian Gutekunst said about the situation if it goes beyond the draft. I think the sooner the better. better. I think certainly if we get beyond the draft and everything changes, compensation changes, and, and, and then, you know, so that would be a whole different scenario, but hopefully. <laughs> so everything changes, compensation changes. Wait a minute. What do you mean compensation changes? Compensation is the same. We're just talking about next year's picks, right, Goot? Right, right? Right, Goot? I'm telling you, I would be stunned if he hasn't had that conversation with the Jets already. If you want to play this game and ride it out until after the draft, we will up the price. Again, you think one first-round pick is bad this year? Wait until we want next year's first, next year's second, 2025 first, 2025 second. That's really going to suck. Again, I won't play it for the sake of time, but another great answer. You know, there's a, Do you think this could actually go until May and June? Like, Obviously, there's some pain points. Here. And he just looks at dead in the face and goes, yeah. And he even makes a joke with, like, there's not much going on right now. Again, the entire point of this, as far as negotiation, is to not break a sweat. The Packers, are, or the, the Jets have been sweating this whole time, and they're screaming about it. They're running to social media. They're talking to every media person they can about how they're freaking out. They're sweating. I, 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 I'm nervous. I'm anxious. We, we got to make a decision. I'm not a patient person. And Lazard can't wait. And everybody's, oh, oh, oh. what's Gutekun saying? Yeah, nothing going on right now. We can wait. No big deal. It doesn't matter. But then he goes on to say that it really just comes down to the compensation, which is basically saying, I'm not worried this will take as long as it takes, but we got to make sure we get the compensation right, which is just a way of saying, I'm not budging, and I'm not worried, and I'm not going to flinch. 
And then he ended it by saying, it's in their court right now. So I don't know exactly what that means, but apparently it, it sounds to me like maybe the Packers have sent an offer or maybe an ultimatum and basically said, we will not do less than this. You figure it out. And, and the Jets have not gotten back to the Packers yet. Because it's an interesting comment to say it's in their court right now. I don't know what that means. Interestingly enough, though, if you think about what happened with the Raiders, that's kind of what happened. I want a first and a second, period. Well, how about a, how about a you know, next year's first and second? No, I want a first. Well, how about first and next year? No. I want a first and a second. Leave me alone until that's the answer. That would be a situation in which it's, it's in their court. And even if the Raiders are like, no, 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 we're, we're still negotiating back and forth. Gutekunst is like, no, it's in their court. I have given my final demands. It is up to them. They will accept it or they will not. It's possible that's kind of what this is. Now, he's alluding to there being some flexibility. You know, it doesn't have to be this or that or whatever, but it's in their court so far as I've laid out the compensation. And they have to decide whether they're going to meet it or, or not. Then he was asked, do you want pick 13? And he says, I want all the picks, which is a hilarious answer. But obviously that, that means yes, he does want pick 13, which again is, is fantastic just because, again, what are we even talking about with the Jets? Like they're convinced that a third round pick is the maximum. And Gutekunst is saying at a minimum, he wants pick 13. And at the very least, that's the value. If we don't get pick 13, fine, but you're going to pay us that much. That's got to just infuriate Jets fans to the point of, of being like, I mean, I don't even know what the answer is. What, let's not do it? You want to roll with Zach Wilson? You'd rather have that? That's just got to be the most infuriating thing. Kind of an interesting comment, too, after that. They asked, are there any other teams? And he said, you know, there was a little bit early on, but once Rodgers made it clear he wanted to go to the Jets, then we just decided to make that happen. And then he added in at the very end, no other conversations as of now. Just saying. And then again, just like I talked about before, how they got turned this completely around on Aaron Rodgers, how Aaron Rodgers wants direct communication instead of having to find out through this, that, or the other. Question by, I believe it's Ryan Wood, to Brian Gutekunst. You know, how do you handle Aaron Rodgers going on the Pat McAfee show all the time, trashing the team? And of course, he didn't come out and say, oh, he's not trashing the team. He just answered the question because that's what he is doing. And he says, certainly you wish that if a player had a problem with the team, he'd come talk to you directly. So again, he's just throwing it right back at Aaron Rodgers about this, comp- about this conversational stuff. You're accusing me and the rest of this organization of not being open and forthright with you. And then you and I have a good conversation at the end of the season. I try to get a hold of you. You will not pick up the phone. Then you go on Pat McAfee phone, uh, Pat McAfee's show. I'm staring at my phone. I'm getting text messages. And start unloading all this stuff that you could have just told me. I'm trying to call you on the phone. You could pick up the phone and tell me these things. But you got my number freaking blocked. Taking a page out of uh, Pat McAfee's book. By the way, another funny clip, if you wanted to do something, that clip where Aaron Rodgers is talking about Schefter and he says, lose my number, nice try. Just kind of like find a clip of Brian Gutekunst saying he tried to call him or whatever and then lose my number, nice try. I'm just saying, if somebody's bored, throw it together. Um, another interesting note, I'll probably just leave it at this because we're going so long, but um, when, when talking about Jordan Love backups and are you looking for a veteran or whatever, he did mention how they drafted Brian Brom and Matt Flynn the year that Aaron Rodgers took over and they ended up being the backups for the Green Bay Packers. In other words, it's entirely possible they could be looking at drafting quarterbacks to be a backup. Not that, again, I don't think they're going to go out of their way to do it, but it certainly sounds, or it doesn't sound like he's explicitly saying that's an option that's on the table. So if a quarterback does fall into their lap, and I don't think it'll necessarily be a first-round quarterback because that would be problematic, but was Brahma a second-round pick, wasn't he? Um, I know that would annoy a lot of people, but entirely possible that they're they're looking in the draft at uh potential quarterbacks that could be backups developmental guys whatever so anyways again uh we'll comb back through this if there's anything of relevance but we're kind of really 
getting going for quite a ways here. We're about 10 after an hour. So if there's anything else we need to double back and cover for the Matt LaFleur or Brian Gutekunst interviews, we can do that. But I uh, just want to get sort of the bigger stuff out of the way. You guys have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.